Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying to try told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? Welcome back to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We're going to switch up gears a little bit today. And I got my friend and uh, partner in the business, brand new 2024, into the main part of the organization. Uh, I'm proud to announce that I got my my friend Matty D hey, coming hey. in. What's up, Matty? Hey, great to be here, as always, guys. So I, I thought a, a good uh, thing for us to do is talk about kind of how we got here and some things of mine that stick out about you and maybe have you talk through like where that comes from, where that mindset, you know, started from. But two things that stand out, you know, to me in the beginning phases of your career, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the first 12 months of um, being here, you are thinks six months in, we went to, uh, open up an office in Penn State. Yeah. And I shipped you down there and mm. asked for you to go down there and, and open up an office with a couple couple of people. And then how long were you there before we opened up in Morgantown? You know what? We had an office in Penn State. A couple people up there and and it needed it needed some some magic. And you know, you asked me to go there. I'm like six months in and right? Went, six months into the business. Yeah, I was six months in. I was nervous. Went to Courtney, said, Hey, here's the opportunity and um you know, I'm not going if you don't go or if you want to go, I'll go. But if not, don't worry. We'll stay here and rock the deal. And she was like, let's do it. You know, so I, you asked me at six months. We ended up moving it like eight months in. It was a January. It was like snowing and everywhere. It was a snowstorm to move up there. And I was there for one year. And then we opened up uh, Morgantown office in January 2011. I was having my first kid, Ava, and we came back, lived in Pittsburgh and opened up Morgantown. And so those are that's I'd spend a minute there. So when I hear of this, it's like he's he's in his first six to eight months of the business. And I ask him to move three hours away. So some of you that don't know, State College is a very rural town. It's Penn State driven. You know, it's a college town. Great place, but not a ton going on, you know, outside of the college. It's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Nat, Maddie, especially at the time, was more of a Pittsburgh like oh, home. City guy. Close with his family, city guy. And I asked him to go there, and uh, the place needed a facelift. And I trusted in him based off of how he was operating. And so this is one of those things where you never know who's watching you and what opportunity is, is going to come up. And out of the blue, because of the position that he put himself in, because of the way that he handled things, stepped up in big moments in the beginning, I picked him. So, so then we, so then we hear, you know, I hear that, and I'm thinking, wow. Talk about my girl Courtney. I heard you say that you told her, well, you know, if you don't think it's good for us, and uh, you know, you don't want to go, then I'll stay here. Yeah. So there's one right there that if you don't have the right spouse, if she were to say, nah, it ain't, I don't want to do it. That opportunity don't happen. Who knows if the next opportunity Me and happens. her were only three months into dating. So I was here six months. Me and her were only three months. I didn't have, you know, year, years with her, but that, that was all kind of So she says, I'll happening. get up and roll with you. Yeah. So they both moved <laughs> to State College. I think you lived in Belfont. Yeah, Belfont, PA. Awesome. Great city. Uh, a little bit of a culture shock for me. You know, yep. it's like um, mostly farmlands, middle of a cornfield. Yep. And... Uh, Yes, so no new. excuses. Like, so this, this is what started to just remind me that it's not the area, it's the player. It's not the area as much as it is the person. And so 
We have Maddie and, and a few others were down there. Kiefer was down there at this Jesse time. Rennick, Casey Jesse, Kunash, Casey Kunash. Yeah. Right. And and all of a sudden that place becomes our top satellite office doing fifty thousand dollar plus weeks yeah, out of there. It was doing four to five thousand. And then literally within six, seven months was doing forty five to fifty thousand Cons- out, out of the place. Yeah. Consistent. Maybe eight top months, people yeah. winning awards, all that. So we get Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, at the time, West Virginia, you know, I got West Virginia because nobody else wanted West Virginia. They're like, ah, people That's, I remember here. It's so hard to believe that when you look at Because it's our, now, one of our best territories. Oh, kills it. I mean and, and to think at some time people were like, no, nah, I'm good. Don't want it. And, and so they saw, well, people don't work down there. People don't have a, a strong work ethic. It was ends up being the complete opposite. But, I, you know, I asked Maddie, would he go to WVU? Now, mind you, didn't you go to Pitt? Right? So Pitt and, and WVU. And I'm a Steeler fan. Pitt, WVU. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, that's yeah. so he says, yes, oh, I'll do hard it. On, so on now Pitt. we go from he moves back to Pittsburgh. Okay, we come back from State College, moves back to Pittsburgh. He's less than a, two years into the game. And now we start opening up an office in, in West Virginia, Morgantown, and that's about an hour and 15-minute commute every day. Yeah, closer to hour 30. Hour yes. 30 every yep. day, right? So how many days a week did you drive back and forth on average the first 10 years of Morgantown's existence? Monday through Friday. Monday yeah, through we Friday. Yeah, we were five. Days. You know, when we opened it up, there was, there was no wiring. There was no cable. There was no front desk person. It was just a... Shell, shell of an office, and it's like, all right, from scratch. When you talk about from scratch, only thing, we, we had a nice place, and then it was like, okay, what do you do? So I was kind of learning as I go because State College was already built. I didn't know how to run wiring and put a front desk and everywhere like that, let alone the process of hiring talent into the place. But we had, you know, we had the leads and we had the people to see. And it was Went there. there. Yeah. Exploded. Yeah. I yeah. remember $100,000 weeks out of there, $200,000 oh. weeks in a small 1,500 square feet in, in uh, Cheat Lake, in. Yes. you know, office. I remember, you know, the numbers that place would do. And so then, you know, when I, when I look at all that lead up, you know, to it, another thing that stands out to me is there's moments in time where you've never been a hater uh, uh, for your, your brothers around us in business, because this is a challenge for people. And, and this is something that I've admired about you. And I call myself lucky to have had the people, you know, around me, such as, you know, yourself, Tommy, Justin, Maddie, people at the top, uh, Brody, where, you know, you got, let's look, if you have a vision, a picture of this, you know, we got, you know, three people that I I end up starting to run things through, you know, the organization, because there's only so much that I can handle. So, you know, I'll shoot off to, to, these top three people, four people, and they go out and they try to carry that message down with help from me. But it's like, these are my captains. These are the, the go-to people I'm turning to. And so what, what I, what I would have to do is I'm put in a position that there's times where I have these three looking at each other's numbers and they're competing. And I'll even say, Hey, this one's kicking your butt this month. Or when are you going to catch up to this one? Or you, you know, comments that'll make people compete to get them going and I think the blessing was always that you guys always found a way to to get along and I watch a lot of people not be able to do that in this business out of this business their top people can't have a competitive environment Mm. and still get along and none of you were really compensated based off of the other one but always had this relationship that no matter what if we compete whatever I can always bring you to the table and never feel like there was negative energy Mm-mm. or you talking bad about this one behind their back or this one talking bad about you behind your back. 
Where does that come from? Like what would go through your head? You know, it's like, yeah, I, I want to win. I'm a competitor because yeah. you're a freaking competitor. But to not hate on them. I, yeah, I don't know that you can be great in business without being competitive. And, and to think, my competitive was just always competitive with myself and like, hey, performing at your best, getting the best out of you and the people that are around you. That's kind of like the bar that I set with myself. So anytime that's load, I'm already competing with myself mentally. It was never with other people, but I think to each their own, because some people play their best when you put them up against somebody else. That is their competitive and it fuels them. So absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's why we have sports and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, me me personally, I've always, like, I'm a big law of attraction guy. And I'm a big, what you see in others is what you see in yourself guy. So I would ne to me, whenever to hate on something is going to attract that into my life, I feel like. And I look at others, the people that I compete with, and I just see myself too, like great person, earn where they have. So there would never be any type of hating there, nothing but respect. Personality-wise, are you going to care for everybody and love everybody, like friends that you – no. But from a sheer hating standpoint, it, like you're going to just attract that. My, my, I'm like, I'm going to attract that back into my life. So I'm just put out all optimism, positive, see the best in people, and at the same time play – to my full you know potential, what I'm talking if that wins, about, it wins. Because you've coached a lot of people. Yeah. So you have people that are they're on the come up and they want to win so bad. And and all of a sudden, instead of worrying about what they're doing, they're saying, but, but well, this one's the only reason why she's oh, winning is course. because of this. Or this one, Ongoing. you didn't see, he's lazy. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? He don't show up. But yeah. me, you know, they like build themselves up, tear the other person yeah. down to you. And I never saw that. You no. know, with, with, with you guys. And part of what you got to look at sometimes if someone behaves that, why would they behave like that? You know, maybe they're not getting enough credit or recognition so I feel like from a come up standpoint I was never lacking in credit recognition where I felt like hey nobody's looking at me like you know like they're not doing it like that that kind of behavior so there was a solid um setup from that and uh and and yeah a lot of times you know it's young emotional sometimes maybe that that comes in and kicks in um but no I never never was wired like that it was always just like okay how do I get the best out of myself that's where I compete I think you know another one of those, you know, that stands out to me is, is loyalty. I feel like you've shown a lot of loyalty in, and, you know, we, we describe saying, man, when, when you start to talk about loyalty, loyalty really is shown when there, when you disagree or when there's challenges. And, you know, I would look at moments where, you know, in business, there's times where you got to give up something or you got to sacrifice something or help make a decision and be cool with something that maybe you're not, a, you don't love, uh, or maybe it's not in your 100% best interest, but you understand how it's better for the organization or better for the group or to help others. And multiple times I watched you be able to handle those scenarios and still show loyalty, even to a point where I remember, you know, and, and this is somebody that is close, super as close with his family, his mom, his dad, as, as anybody else, you know, super close. I think on a weekly basis, you know, I feel like you guys are always doing yeah. something as a family, not only your immediate, you know, in your house family, you right. and your kids, but your dad, your mom, yeah. you know, Courtney's family, you're, you're a family person. And I remember, you know, having a moment where I was thinking about taking an opportunity that was offered to me mm -hmm. within now globe life. Right. So there I won't even get into detail what the opportunity was. You remember yeah, what that opportunity was. Remember the date. I, I was getting ready to think about going. One of the things that I talked to them about is if I come, I want to be able to bring a person or two with me that knows our playbook and, and can come up, come with us. 
And I remember pulling you outside and, and, and telling you, I think that I was going to do it and ask, would you come, you know, with me? And I remember you getting a little emotional. Like I saw like no tears come down, but tears in your eyes, you know, of like, man, I trust that if you think this is in, you know, best interest, I'm down to ride with you. And he was really willing to move to Texas and leave his mom, his dad, his family that means so much to him behind on a let's go do this. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't end up taking advantage of that opportunity, it always stuck out, you know, to me in the back of my mind of not only have you showed other moments, that moment also of I'm, I'm ready to get up and roll if we have to, but also loyalty in moments where maybe, you know, this business is big. You have to do something. You promote somebody. We make a play call where it's better for this agent, but yeah. it's not better for you. And and you've always been kind of supportive of that. And, sh and we come back to the table and I never feel like there's a mm. lack of loyalty. Where does that come from? What goes through your mindset? Um, you know, I what, what, karma, I think, is is big um, in any any way. So I think if you make the right decisions, there's life karma, business karma. Same thing. Like, oh, this person did this. This person, I'm like, easy. It'll karma come. will take care of that. Say the same oh, give thing. it time. It will just, and it always does. Always. I look back like, hey, remember what you said? Where are they now? The karma always, business and life karma. So I think just putting the right stuff out, doing the right thing. You, you know the difference between right and wrong, doing the right thing. And then, you know, you look at, uh, making decisions for yourself or whatever, like, you know, you, this is a family. So to me, if we're all brothers, sisters and, and whatnot, well, so you look at the decisions you have to make in your own family that maybe the kids get more or your, your wife or the, the husband or the dad might have to sacrifice sometimes to make sure the family's good. And you, you look at the same thing in, in business. Like you look at all of it and say, all right, um, what do we got to do? What decisions do we got to make sure to make sure everybody's good in this family, you know, from whatever, from any type of parent standpoint. So that's part of it. I think of it just like I would when I'm making decisions with my kids or, or my wife uh, and what's best for everybody. And at the same time, you always got to be in a good position yourself to help Thank everybody you. else. Speaking of family. Yeah. I know you're like me, you know, you, you get with your family and you fight sometimes, <laughs> you know, you argue and then you make up yeah, the right. next day. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, I, one thing that I that I admire, you know, about you is your ability to, you know, people may think because you're a nice guy, you know, there's these hoodies out that that I was, you know, I don't have one, but I think I might get one, you know, about for Christians and it says saved, not soft. Right. And I, I think so people can can look at you or talk to you and think, man, you're a nice. He's such a nice guy. You are such a nice guy. But I've also watched you be able to in in settings like you're not a pushover you're not a rollover you have that perfect balance of you're a nice guy but i also feel like you know this is extreme on the grind cast but you know i feel like if i'm getting jumped at the bar i think you jump in you know what i mean like not like like not not so nice he's running out the back door i i and but where that comes into play in business is is i think behind closed doors you know, people may think, oh, Natty, Maddie's so, such a nice guy, and he, he got this because he goes along with what you say. Yeah. I think, you know, me and you have had a lot of debates, heated debates, and things where you don't agree 100% with a play call or something that I'm doing, or you have questions on something. But you've always been able to somehow 
handle the being opinionated, having an opinion, not crossing the line of being disrespectful. And when we break the huddle at the end of it, you know, half the time, you know, those things, I end up going your way with something that you were passionate about. Mm. Maybe not all the time did it go the way that you wanted it to go. We're able to go, we're able to use that skill set of you could get in a blowout with your family, you know, on a Monday and we love each other on on a Tuesday. How does that, you know, play out? What what advice would you give to others? So much. Um, One, you know, to answer your question, I think it's timing and delivery has got to be right on everything you do. As I got older, my timing and delivery probably got better. Less things bothered me as much. So there's certain things you're really passionate about and you have conviction on and certain things you're not. And you got to, you know, not learn to not battle every single thing and just the ones you care about. And at the end of the day, you look at what is what do I truly believe in my heart is right? And then that's what I'll bring out of me to get whatever result that I want. So. do you want to get mean? No. Do you want to yell? No. Do you want to get in altercation? No. Do you want to have disagreements? No, but I'm a bottom line guy. I'm a results guy. So whatever you need to be to get that acquired result is what I'll be. And, And, you know, am I the most disciplined person in the world? No. Strongest work ethic in the world? No. Do I think I got a great one? Yes. But whatever the time acquires to get whatever I want, that's what I have to be. And so sometimes it's, Majority, I would love to be just nice all the time, but if it has to be that, then then that's what you got to pull out to get the result. Yeah, I think that went a long way for me when you're looking at like this is hard. You know, people ask like, why, you know, Maddie, why, you know, this because you know we're going to grow this thing. There's going to be a lot of other people that me and you bring in that have to play a, a major role that they may not even know. You know yeah. that 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 is coming. But one of the things in my in my process of going through it mentally and, and explaining other than production, other than consistent results over the years, these intangibles of, man, if you're going to be married to somebody, you know, that's what people who have partnerships have explained to me why it's so difficult to have is because it's like marriage and marriage is difficult. And, and so they said, man, you, you gotta be understand what you're getting into. And I'm like, man, I know in marriage, we're they're going to have disagreements. Mm-hmm. And, and so over the years, I found that I have somebody that will will tell me what they truly feel. We can debate, we can have disagreements, and the next day we're back on track in the brotherhood. Whether I like it or don't like it, you like it, don't like it, we've been able to come back together multiple times over the years, and that said a lot, you know, a, a lot to me. Speaking of which, you know, you've had a lot of support from Courtney, we mentioned, you know, your wife, now wife, uh, that moved to, State College that yep. supported you five days a week, pregnant with kids, driving five days a week. I got to stress to you, hour and a half there, hour and a half back, three hours, early mornings, late nights, all that stuff. What would you say? How important is it, do you think, for somebody to have the right person in their corner? Um, Yeah, I like feel like spoiled like a kid that grew up in a good environment. You don't know any different, you know? So, like, it's like, you know, obviously you date it, but... I, I, I got to thank God I landed Courtney and uh, you, you like to think you're a good judge of character when you're picking your partner for life, right? You know, whether it's partner for business, you know, you, you analyze certain things and behaviors and whatnot. It's not a jump into and same thing with your partner, partner in life. And Courtney just, um, she checks all the boxes and, and has always just been there. Cool. Can always talk to, talk to her, never hate it. Same way. You know, like, you know, if I was going home and, she was hating on someone, you know, it probably been harder than that, but Courtney's always been 
you know, well, this person or that, and not, not, it's, you don't get that with her. So it's always been, uh, it's always been easy for me. And, you know, you talk about lucky when you count your blessings and gratitude. It's like, oh, she's been in like an angel. I needed an angel. You know, I got them all, all over me. I needed them in, in life because, uh, you know, she helped settle me down, especially for that age range. And you've seen others that you've coached not have that yeah. support. That's how, hard. What that can ha- what can happen yeah, to somebody. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's almost, it could be, uh, could be a, uh, death in the business if you don't have that support and you're trying to live two different lives and battle two lives what's really hard too is like let's say you marry someone you know that you you, you've been negative call so to speak and that's the relationship you have then you come into business and you're trying to better yourself and you're becoming this different version you're watching different youtubes and attending different meetings and you're around this whole different ball game where you feel yourself getting better but the home isn't and that's the same that that is what people go through on a day-to-day basis and you can't change anybody you just try to you know live in and, and hopefully you rub off and, and pull them up and when it doesn't that's a that's a hard decision uh to make that and you see it a lot in business so you just try to coach it as much as you can and offer support and you know what the result is and you know what you need to be it's like but not every case is the same every case right. is a little different right you know that's where a hard what advice do you comes. give the young people that you coach or you know people that are like not married yet but they're kind of dating on do you ever have anybody ask you questions about this person supports or this one don't support? What should I do in this relationship? You ever get there or no? Uh, I wish I got it more proactive. A lot of times when I get the questions, it's reactive of what's what's going on in the problem that they're having in in whatnot. Um, you know, I just make sure to uh, when I meet spouses, just love on them, get to get to know them, thank them. Um, try to keep an open relationship. Just like you know, if if my daughter or kid were dating someone. I want them to come to me and talk to me and ask me and, you know, without me prying or asking. And it's like, all right, I want to ultimately have a good relationship with whoever they date. So it's like um, anybody that's married in our business, just let them know I'm there for them. And like, oh, I'm here. Feel open coming to me if you're having anything at the home life. Because, you know, as much as you'd want to keep them separate, they, they do spill into business. No, you no. know, as business is going to probably spill over in your home life, whether you had great days, rough days. And your home life, if some things are, are rough, it's going to probably affect your attitude uh, and being at your peak in the business. Speaking of affecting your attitude and home life, personal life, business life, all that, I, I've one of the things I also think you're you're good at is being. Well, thank able you to for all pressure. these good good ats, man. Yeah. I feel like well, I, I, think I should the, reciprocate. The title could be "What's Great About Maddie." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's our podcast. What's great about Maddie D? What's great about Maddie? <laughs> yeah. I, I I think uh, you know handling pressure and adversity right. and and being able to stay even keel emotionally. You know, I've watched you be able to be calm under pressure in environments yeah. that have a little pressure or things aren't going great for, for something, personal, professional, whatever, and still be able to show up. Mm. Mm. What what tips do you have for people? How do you do that? Well, Other than natural first gifts? First tip is I wouldn't want somebody to go through it, but I've been in situations in my life where I'm like, like now these situations, they're like... Small. Yeah, they're, they're small, you know, um... And so it's like, to me, some, some of these are small, you got big ones as well. So it's easy to stay calm. Like, you know, and, and then two, I feel like I'm an eternal optimist by nature. I'm just like, bring me the most chaotic crisis. I'm like, Psh, we're good. Here's where the, cause the solution, it solution oriented. All I see is the solution and I'm confident in, all right, we're going to do whatever we take to, to make this situation good. Uh, and that's where it really comes from. My train, my brain's probably been trained like that. Because what's the opposite? 
What are you going to do? I, I look, I'm a, what I said, I'm a bottom line. I'm a results guy. What is the opposite to that? And why, why would I get all frantic and worked up and angry and yell and think about the problems? Like, what, who wants to go there? Get your blood pressure up. You know, get get sick. Wear, your, wear yourself physically sick. It's just like, I could go that route. That doesn't seem exciting or appealing to anybody. Get physically sick, get upset, fight with everybody, get chaotic, crisis, or, hey, we're going to be good. What needs I to, think what more needs to be people done? veer that way, though. They veer towards focusing on the problem, getting down if they feel down, why? You know, giving it energy. Why, though? I, I, you know, maybe, maybe train. I ask you why. I don't know. I feel like it's such a better, more obvious answer. It's yep. like, you know, to, to go this route. Yep. And it could be that your natural feelings and emotions – that is probably natural for your brain to go that route. Definitely. If I could come up it's with it, way an more natural because it's a problem. The that. brain yes. sees the problem, wants the problem, and now your emotions are following your thought process. So it's like you probably need to actually train it and wire it to get that. And that's way healthier. How do you wire it? Um, How do you rewire it? Practice. You know, let's say something bothers you for two hours. You're one of those. It stews in it. Maybe you get that down to 30 minutes. And then start coming up with a solution and whatnot. You just start training yourself more towards towards that. Uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, man, unless it's a major crisis problem, talking about losing someone, physical illness, you know, like, man, I take steps back and I'm like, yo, if this is my biggest problem right now, I start laughing. Like when I find myself like four or five minutes, seven minutes into one of those tangents, I'm driving, gritting my teeth, almost getting mad. There's like this other side. It's like, this is your biggest issue right now. And then I started almost laughing. Like, all right, good. We good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Could be this, 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 or this. We're good. Yes. This is what we got to do. Could be worse. It. Look yes. at the. Yeah, of course. How bad it is. Keep it in perspective. I think, you know, when I look back on the, we talk about going to state college, going to Morgantown five days a week. This is when we were in the field, on the phone, stuff like that. Making that trip. You had young kids. Yeah. Right? For yes. a lot of that was young kids. These are Correct. things people don't see now the last, you know, few years. You work from home a lot. There's a couple of days a week you go to Morgantown still, mm -hmm. but we work from home. We work virtually a lot, which is a plus in our business. People can awesome, work, right? work from yeah, anywhere, yeah. you know, comfort of their own home, any state, any, you know, situation. Such a blessing we didn't have, you no. know, coming up. And so when I look at that, I also look at the fruits of your labor. You know, I, I look at not only the things, you know, that you're able to do, like you're going to London, one of the, you have planned for your Taylor, family. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. London, Scotland, Taylor Ireland. Swift yeah. was in Pittsburgh. His daughter wanted to go to Taylor Swift. There was no tickets last second. We Stadium. So he said, what I'm going to do then is I'm just going to take you out of the country. We're going to go to London and the family's going to London and takes days. I remember during... COVID, COVID hit, people were down, people were depressed. I remember you said, hey, you mind, I'm going to, I think I'm going to roll to Florida for three months or six months. I'm going to get a house in Florida, my family, instead of just sitting here, we're going to just I'm spend it in, sun, the, in the right? nice yeah. weather. And so there's been things that you've been able to do, I think, you know, I, I'm careful around this subject because he, this is the one where he gets angry mm -hmm. and aggressive. Remember I said he can balance it out. Right. He gets all right. upset, very defensive over the game of golf. So funny. So so I want to just on air say that this was brought by Josh Lagerman. We were going over a couple yeah. of things and he said, you know how he gets a chance yeah. to balance. He golfs a lot. Yeah. You know, I said, well, 
that. I'm gonna just pawn that off on you. Yeah. Like so jujitsu. You know like you me. do jujitsu. Right. Yeah. yeah. So jujitsu. Yeah. So, so Hab- hobby. So he so he said <laughs> he said nah, you know, now he's able to balance things. So why don't you talk about like how have you found a, oh. the ability, you know, what things have come back to you from your sacrifices yeah. and how do you find that rhythm, that balance that people are always, you know, looking for to keep it going on with your family, your wife, work, all that stuff. I, I think when you now. start any business, there's going to be a different level of building your business. Like, um, you know, so it was 7 a.m. to we were in the field, too. Like no we were white knuckling in the field of snowstorms and getting home at 11 p.m. So. You know, you're talking 100 hours a week. It was just different times in our industry and that. So I think if anybody's starting off a business, you don't really have that luxury of balance or whatever. You know, um, you just don't. You can't You can't be laid back and build the business. It requires a certain amount of force, energy, and whatnot. Up front, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you're grinding towards something, or else what are you doing it for, right? You know, you're grinding, you get a business built, but at the same time, you— you know, for your business to sustain and keep growing, especially in any, any industry, there takes a level of zoned in and, and focus um, um, that, that, that you got to be. So uh, I think, again, you know, at that time, my first couple of years to now, it's just you analyze where you're at, where you need to get to, and then say, okay, I'm a results guy. I'm a bottom line guy. What do I need to be? What hours do I need to give? Where do I need to be to get to where this is? At that time, it was a little different setup. Now it's a different setup. So no matter what, if you find one balance out of life, and that's same with your business life, your results and bottom line, I'm sorry, your personal life. If my personal life was out of whack because of it to the point where maybe I was going to lose something, then I got, I'm, I'm a bottom line results guy. What do I have to be to make sure that situation is better and good? And I feel like that's what I would adjust to and pivot to, right? And that's what helps with the support from home because she let me. Just, just rock, right? Awesome. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to, to kind of call the timeout and say, "Hey, what do I got to be to to repair this?" So, um, you know, that's at the end of the day. It's like, all right, what are you, what are you chasing? What is your happiness? What is your overall? Maybe my happiness would be to golf twenty four seven, but what would that do to my financial life and my business life? Maybe my my happiness is to work twenty four seven, but what would that do to my overall happiness and my uh, in my family life in my own me? time fulfillment you know so it's like the balance is everybody's different their balance is different and the people around them's balance is different so you can't give a cookie cutter answer there it's almost like what does your balance need to be to keep all your balls in the air juggled and make sure you're you're prospering at all with the people you have in your life Mm. you know love it beautiful um different question I know what you were. People don't know what you were doing before this, which I joke about. Um, Counselor. He was counseling kids. Yeah. yeah. Right? Bad kids. Yeah. yeah. Juvenile. Bad. Troubled. Right? right? Yeah, Troubled trouble. kids. <laughs> Bad kids. Babies. I was, I was one of them. Baby kids. <laughs> so so I, I joke and I say, well, he, before this, he was counseling troubled youth, troubled kids. And so now it's basically the same thing. Just a little bit higher. Yeah, right. Higher troubled pain. adults. Right. So the question is, what would you be doing if it mm. wasn't this? Well, what do you think you would have been doing? Or well, what, what no, you, no you know, different now compared to at 22. You know, at that time I wanted to teach maybe at a college level. Um, I always wanted to Professor work with people. Dialis? Professor D, yeah, I always wanted to work with people. Whatever industry, and I'd be working with people and talking to people, helping people, teaching people. You know, as you get older now, you, you know, you used to business ownership, something like that, or, or, you know. Uh, but I would either probably end up in an investment something investment, something teaching, college level, um, 
and probably would have ventured towards a business owner. Um, I just needed someone to teach me. You're 22. You don't, <laughs> you don't know. Like you're just like, here's your major, go That's do it. But you're you're not open up to multiple levels of entrepreneurs and whatnot that could teach you. So that I mean that that comes with time. That answer at 22 is different than 41. You know. Right. What speaking of that, you know, you got 15 years. 15. Yeah. Next 15 month, yeah. years in in leadership in this industry. Um, I'd like to just close out on a couple things. You know, what surprises you or has surprised you about this business? And then also I'd like to, these are kind of like opposite things. So I guess they're two separate questions, but what surprises you in this business or what has surprised you about the business that you maybe didn't understand or didn't think. And then I would like to ask for your, like the people that you've coached and you've coached some great people all the way up until today, what would you say are some of the traits of the people that have the most success? So first, any surprises? Yeah, tough. Surprises is you can't, I, I couldn't really pick who, who, by, by who was going to be the breakout star. I just couldn't pick um, over the years. You know, you have some gut it feelings. It ends up being sometimes it, people you don't think it's going to be. If you know them for years, different story coming in. You already know their traits, characteristics. But some people, you know, a lineup of five and, like, I remember customers, but, like, I'm not buying anything. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 roll, you know, to the trainer. They they would buy. So it's like, like you can't predict a human behavior. I remember being brand new, like this person's going to skyrocket and we're out with the first sign of adversity. Whereas like, if you put them in a room, this quiet one over here, two years later, I'm like, they're, they're the top seed in, in, in the draft if I'm picking. So, you know, I mean, you just don't know what somebody's want is, desire is, hunger, life experience, wired. You, you, I, I, you just, you don't know. So that's always surprising. To me, still who to, does well and who don't that you would yeah, never yeah, yeah, be yep. able to pick. Yep. Yeah, uh, agreed. You know, I, you know your, your 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 typical attributes. Sometimes coachability and the um for me the coachability I, I don't really see till overtime right. But they all have that right to, to our level. I do think that everybody that I've seen really do well in business and any business has a high level of um, social skills, some sort of social awareness. They're able to communicate properly. Um, you know, whether that's with a team, whether that's with a client, whether that's with an upline, they're able to handle that properly and respectfully. And, uh, you know, work ethic, uh, I don't, you know, I've met a lot of people that are great at communication that don't have the work ethic. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, what are we going to do? Those are both pretty, pretty, pretty important traits. You got this killer work ethic, but you suck with people. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you leave every conversation with that person. Like, ah, can't stand them, you know. So I mean, I, I those two traits probably go hand in hand. And if work you get, ethic and, and social and, and skills, social skills, give me both of those, and I feel like a lot of the other stuff that I can train. Hopefully, they're wired with loyalty, right? <laughs> hopefully, they don't have that. They just bounce around to everyone because you'll have that. that a lot of they're tough because they get results because they have a work ethic and they're but they have no loyalty. They'll bounce around. They'll like to win. They'll go here and here. So that's tough. But you feel like you can kind of r r wrangle that in. Maybe they have the work ethic and the, the social skills, but they're all over the place emotionally. And that's something that you're going to work on developed over the next couple of years. But you give me someone right off the rip that's ready to grind, got a work ethic, and they're good with people. We can I, develop the I rest. I feel like all the other stuff, the emotional what intelligence. What areas would you say we need to develop? You know, it's, it, 
like you're like, well, you give me those two things. And these are some other areas that we need to develop. What are areas that you've developed in people you feel like if they bring you work yeah. ethic, coachability? Yeah, everything. They can communicate. What other areas have you Emo- felt like it's Emotional intelligence, um, definitely. You know, you think about yourself, your emotional intelligence is 22. You know, I, I, I know people that are in their 60s that are still battling that, that maybe never had a coach or, or just never changed that. They're, they're just used to what they're used to, and that's how they respond to things. So emotional intelligence and why that's important is because if you're emotionally high one day and you're emotionally low the next day, your results are going to follow that. You know, so your results in life are going to follow like your emotions. Yeah, because your emotion and your behaviors are unstable, so so your results will be. So, uh, you know, that that's one we get to finances. I feel like you try to help someone out with the healthier they are financially, better personally development. You know, if they're working out, eating healthy, I feel like that help somebody overall in their business life and their confidence and whatnot. So um, optimism, you might have someone that's natu- that has a great work ethic and they're good with people, but they're naturally wild pessimists. So training them to like solution oriented. And this stuff takes times and years. And this is what you deal with when you're, you know, in a business role or coaching role. And it's not just coaching role. That's anybody that you oversee. Your job Mentoring. is to add value and make an impact on them. Yeah. So as long as I got those two traits, I feel like any of the other stuff, the blow ups, the all that, we we can handle that. The bad spendings, the you know, we can come up with a game plan if someone's yep. open to that. Takes patience. <sighs> and you know, I feel like us, you know, in leadership, you got to take care of yourself in order to pour into them, mm. right? So mm-hmm. if you're not developed in those areas, 100%. not not that we're perfect, Boom. but if you're not developed in those areas, right. it's going to be hard to, to, I heard my pastor recently say that whenever you're in leadership of anything, whether it's your home life of your family or a business or whatever it is, you become the lid for those people. You're the lid. So how high do you want that lid to be? Yes. And, and that all determines on how much you're willing to pour into yourself and, uh, and evolve. So I uh, think we're going to wrap up there. Uh, just want to thank you, Maddie, for taking time out to be on the Grindcast. And thank you for thank a you decade for and a half. And I'm excited for the next 15 years. We're, b- we're about to run the score up Love you, together. I'm excited. And uh, as always, thank you to everybody out there investing time with us on the Grindcast. Uh, get ready. It's a new day. Ah!